This is the Healing Our Brokenness podcast, where we dissect problems and solutions that exist among broken people living in a broken world. And we also believe here at Healing Our Brokenness, talking through our stories is the path that leads to walking through our healing. A couple of weeks ago, I was graced with the opportunity to interview Grace Over Perfection's podcast host, and her name is Allison Simmons. Allison uh, and I, oh my goodness, we (laughs) seem to have talked about everything, and we just basically, I had a set of questions but we just basically allowed the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us as far as like navigating off those questions and then kind of reining it in and coming on back. Uh, but like I said, we talked about a little bit of everything. Uh, Allison gave us her life story. Um, she talked about what inspired her to start her Grace Over Perfection podcast. We talked about uh, her knowledge slash uniqueness slash expertise slash gifts that would make someone want to take notes from her. We talked about some of the roadblocks to pursuing her current path, her decision to uh, start on the path of podcasting. We talked about how podcasting differs from writing, along with their similarities. We talked about uh, the result of healed and unhealed brokenness and how that plays a role in podcasting. We talked about what brokenness means to Allison and divorce, marriage, parenting, perfectionism, grace, embracing change, uh, you named it, we talked about it. And so uh, without further ado, I'm going to have you to listen in on the conversation between me and Grace Over Perfection's podcast host, Allison Simmons. You know, 
yes, I'm yeah. the plans of everything. You just never know. Because when I happen to notice that you have responded to a post out there, and I said, oh my goodness. So I said, oh, this is good. God is good. You know, and I saw that it was going to work out in a day and time. You know, because sometimes um, it may not necessarily work because of the busyness of the schedules, you know? Yeah. And uh, yep. even though, you, you know, we both have good intentions on our side, sometimes the schedules just don't match up. So I was thinking to myself, this is definitely, um, definitely a God thing. So Allison, can you please tell the audience um, why it is that you decided to become a podcaster? Well, it, it all started off about two and a half years ago when I started my blog, which okay. was a result of um, the transformation experience that I had gone through with my marriage. Um, I was on the verge of divorce, which would have been my second divorce. Okay. And um, the Lord completely got a hold of me and just changed everything about the kind of wife that I was and redeemed my marriage. And I went to my husband two years after all of that. And I said, I feel like God wants me to share this story. Is it okay with you? Because I'm going to be sharing a lot of our personal junk. And he was like, yeah, go for it. As long as you don't lie, you can say anything you want about me. And um, so it started with a, a blog, which was just to share my journey. And then right. as time has progressed, I realized I, everyone tells me I'm better on camera. I'm a verbal communicator. I have intonation and expression. And while people like reading my blog, I say some really hard stuff. Okay. And if you don't hear me, it can be taken a little bit wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have found that verbally communicating, people get to know my personality and it helps me speak um, really hard truths that quite frankly, women need to hear and they're just not getting them from the pulpit because male pastors are afraid to dig in to females in a way that just needs to happen for accountability purposes and to grow us as women of God. And so I felt that the Lord was really laying on my heart to move into podcasting because it was a way to get into the hearts and ears of women um, and share my desire for them to grow as godly okay. women the way that God has grown me. Yes. Wow. And you know what? Um, just as you gave your take on how you ended up having podcasting to become part of your journey. And it made me think about, as you were mentioned with the ministers, I uh, did a talk over at a library not far from my house about three years ago. And one of my friends mentioned to me, she said, you know what? As you were speaking, it made me really think about how someone like you is needed to work along with a pastor. And I asked her to explain it to me. And she said, well, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but a lot of pastors are not uh, equipped to be able to conversate with women. She said, you know, well-intentioned, but it's too harsh, or they might say the wrong things and they're not understanding from a woman's point of view, what could be going on in the brokenness of a relationship of a marriage? Yes, yes, a hundred percent. And so, yeah, she, that, a, right? Yeah, there's a need there for for women to speak into the lives of women, and I think that podcasting is this awesome opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I agree, one hundred percent. So, uh, what do you think? If you have to look back, some of the roadblocks to uh, pursuing this path as a podcaster. Um, not starting sooner. <laughs> okay. Honestly, okay. I think I, I was writing my blog um, pretty consistently for about a year 
but I'm not a writer. And I was struggling and I was being asked to speak at my church um, at the ladies event. And that was really great. And, but I was, I was frustrated because I wasn't inspired to write and I felt the desire to speak, but I have five children, you know, some of them are smaller. I can't, I can't run off and speak every weekend. And the Lord was um, pushing me in this direction. And I was like, Oh, God, I don't want to learn something new. Like, I just figured out how to run a website. I just figured out how to do this, that, and the other. And now you want me to figure out podcasting equipment and editing. And, you know, and it was, it was that. So for me, um, the tool that I used to get past that desire or that, um, that fear of learning was to hire a coach. I, I didn't waste time YouTubing. I didn't waste time searching Facebook groups. I went straight to a coach. Um, who, uh, is a, is already has a podcast and has been podcasting for four years. She's a mom. She's got, you know, a young child. So she knew the kind of time restraint I was dealing with. Um, and she led me step by step, week by week for eight weeks to get my podcast oh. going. And it was the best choice I could have made. Really? Yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. Like you said, some of us, sometimes, you know, we could go out and research and watch 20 videos, take notes and then do it. But it's also good along with that, you know, because I believe into each its own. But it's also good when we know someone that has the exact experience in what we need and that can coach us through each step. You know yeah. what I mean? And it makes it personal. And especially if you have someone that's in a similar uh, situation as yours, where they know uh, this person is dealing with time restraint, this person is dealing with motherhood, you know, and all the factors that go along with it, you know, and to be able to yeah. cater the coaching sessions according to what your needs are, you know, you can't put a, a dollar sign on that, so to speak. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it was. She was worth her weight in gold. Everything and and the encouragement. You know, am I getting this right? Was my tone of voice good? Did I choose the right my trail? Um, besides technical, her just her wisdom and and being in the in the podcasting arena for so long. Okay, really gave me a lot more confidence. So how did you end up um, finding her? Uh, you know, networking is everything. It's all it's not what you know, it's who you know. I have a business coach who okay. I met through a, um, through a Christian um, entrepreneur Facebook group. So my business okay. coach introduced me to my Instagram coach who was helping me get my Instagram uh, account up and running. And then um, my Instagram coach started a, a podcast. And so when I mentioned wanting to start one, she said, oh, I have this great podcast coach. And so that's why I ended up with her. Yeah, very, very cool. And all, all Christian women, which, you know, is, uh, makes a big difference in my opinion, too. Oh, my word, it does. I mean, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. So how would you, when it comes to podcasting and writing, I know we did talk a little bit about it, uh, but as far as like um, some differences that you want to add some more to it, as far as what you think the differences are when it comes to podcasting and writing? Oh, yeah. Well, I think that uh, talking to somebody is so much more intimate. I would much rather sit down with a cup of coffee across the kitchen table with somebody than I would read a letter from them. And that's the thing that podcasts can do. I can put you in my ear while I'm folding my laundry and I can have a conversation with you that I can't have, you know, if I have to sit down and open my computer and read a post or read an email. Um, and I find, too, like I said, a lot of the things, my tone of voice, I think, makes a difference. 
And um, it's just, it's more intimate and I can get my point across and you can hear if I'm being sassy and sarcastic or if I'm being like, no girl, this is for real. You got to hear this. It's important. Um, so it makes the serious things more serious and it, it makes things that are meant to be cheeky, you know, obvious. Yes, <laughs> that is so true. Because sometimes in our writing, you know, because I blog myself, I'm a blogger and I'll go and I'm like, Am I getting my point across? Am I sounding to this, that, or another? Is this, yeah. you know, like, does it feel like I have an angry spirit? Because you want the readers to understand what you're saying, but you want to make sure that it's being received a certain way. You know what exactly. I mean? I, yeah, the podcast episode I actually released this week is about biblical submission and marriage. And I know, I mean, whoosh, that's a topic that people just don't want to talk about. And um, I was like, this is going to be one of those ones where I, women need to hear me. They need to hear my heart because if they struggle with this, they're going to understand. I'm not, I'm not telling them to do something I haven't struggled with myself. I haven't walked through and the Lord hasn't completely transformed me in. Right. I want them to hear that in my tone as I talk to them. Yep, I understand exactly what you mean. And like you said, when you're talking about a hot topic like submission, <laughs> you know, it's definitely a good one to do podcasting on, isn't it? You know? uh, I, yeah, I wrote three blog posts on it, but uh, I, I think the podcast is going to be more received well. Yes, I understand exactly what you mean. <laughs> so what are some ways that you find inspiration for your podcast episodes? Um, I really went back to my blog and I shared it on um, social media or they just responded to it when I shared it. Um, and I started with that and where I came from, what God did for me. And then like this month, um, having a relationship with Jesus, uh, a true relationship with your husband. Um, uh, inspiration for your podcast episodes. Well, I, I went back and I looked at the blog posts that got the, the biggest reactions when I would share them on social media. Um, the, the topics that people either really resonated with or they shared. Um, and like I said, even this submission one, the ones that I got the most reaction in not a good way because this is a topic that people struggle with. And I wanted to make sure that those, I planned out 20 episodes and I chose topics that I knew already were hot spots for my, my readers. And I figured they would be a great place to start. And, you know, after 20 episodes, I have no idea what the Lord's going to do. He inspired me to write 20. He gave me my topics and I'm totally open-handed with what he does next with it. Um, you know, hopefully more inspiration will come at that point. <laughs> yes. I know exactly what you mean. Um, you know, and I know some people, like we just talked about Easter song, they will have a digital calendar or, uh, you know, paper calendar and they have like everything planned out for the weeks. And I um, did that for the month of January of how I do the podcasting. But there are also times uh, when prior to me doing that for the month of January, I noticed sometimes I will just go, you know, Lord, what do you want me to speak about? Can you please tell me what it is that you want your people to know? You know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, he'll give me a topic. And sometimes the topic I'm thinking that I'm planning on changes at the last minute. And it's like, God is like, no, you're not talking about it. What do you mean? <laughs> that was the, the uh, February, I was going to focus on relationships. And the first, I knew my first episode in February would be 
um, your relationship with God. And I was thinking of it in terms of getting in your Bible and study habits, you know, that. And as I sat down, the Lord went, no, you're going to talk about what it's like to have a real relationship with God. I want you to share your testimony. I want you to share how you came to know me. It was not the podcast episode I had planned on writing, but when I sat down to do it, that was what he put in my brain and I could not think of anything else. I had no choice but to share my testimony, um, which was very cool to feel the spirit truly lead me in that. It was very cool. Oh, wow. It sounds like it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. And that is something, like you said, for us to allow ourselves to, um, you know, to be able to discern and then to obey, you know, and be able to listen and in that stillness of what it is that God has that he wants us, you know, <laughs> what he wants us to be convicted about and then to push out to others, you know? Yeah. So it, it's a process, isn't it? Oh, it's yes. Definitely a process. Yes. Especially when we're stuck on what it is we have in our head that we want to do. And he's like, no, that's not what's going to happen this time. You know, I'm leading you in a different direction. You right. know? Mm-hmm. So just following the promptings of the Holy Spirit is so important. Yeah. So what inspired you to name your podcast Grace Over Perfection? Well, this is funny. Again, it was my podcast coach. So my original website for two years has been named Last Hope Thrive. And it was uh, Laugh in the Chaos, Hope Through the Tears, Thrive as a Woman of God. And I wow. loved it. I loved it. And then I was doing um, uh, just I just got on Instagram and I was doing a live and I was talking about struggling with being an over controlling mom and how I was destroying the relationship I had with my children because I was nitpicking every little thing they did. And it was just my heart was broken and I needed to find grace instead of perfection. Okay. And this was right before I started meeting with my podcast coach and she listened to that live. And as we were talking about the name of my podcast, like, you know, it's not black hope, right? It's bad, but grace over perfection. Now that, that hits home. And I just knew the second she said it, I just rebranded immediately. I rebranded everything in a week. Um, really? And it's and not that my work didn't it? Oh, did it ever? But again, it was one of those spirit led things where I was so inspired um, that it didn't bother me, you know, and my husband was very gracious to not fuss at me for just being on my computer nonstop for a week. Right. Because that <laughs> is time. Yeah, when you're rebranding, you know, you always, like you have to make a list and think about every single thing in every area on social media, everything that has to be changed. Oh, uh-huh. And I even changed my color palette, everything. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, no, oh, it was everything. But it was, again, totally spirit-led. Um, and, and now, a funny thing is that um, I'm getting so many more people, um, they resonate with Grace Over Perfection so much more than Last Hope Thrive, that they are, I'm getting followers, I'm getting email subscribers, because that, that hits home for women. Yes, I see what you said, that term itself. Yes, that makes so much sense. So if you had to think about it, if someone asks you what is so uh, unique about you with your knowledge and expertise that I need to grab a notebook and a pen and just start writing, what would you say? If you are a very strong-willed, independent, I can do it and I don't need your help kind of woman, 
then you resonate with anything that I say. Um, and I found myself uh, divorced with two kids at the age of 28. Um, it was through that divorce that I came to know the Lord. And then I got remarried to this Christian guy who his dad was a pastor and he was going to be going to seminary. And I thought, oh my gosh, second marriage is going to be so easy. I'm a Christian now. He's Christian. And I found that all of that sin that was still there in my first marriage, it all came bubbling back to the surface again. And um, I just, we struggled for years. Now, granted, my husband had his own sin. Let's not act like I'm the only one, right? But this, this idea of submission, it wasn't just that I didn't know how to submit to my husband. I couldn't even submit to the Lord. There was no authority over me that I wanted to submit to. It was my way or the highway. And um, the what God, the idols he had to take out of my life that, that made me cry like I was losing a best friend, like I was mourning the death of a loved one. Um, and but once he did that, once he ripped those out of my life and I cried, I find that the freedom I have, the independence that I have now that I truly submit to the Lord. So, yeah, so learning to submit to the Lord, um, which ultimately led to me being able to submit to my husband. Which I will tell you now, I think almost has made me bolder in my marriage than before, because now that my heart isn't in it to fight, my heart is in it to truly help my husband lead our family. I'm not afraid to stand up for things um, that I really believe are important. And he listens because there are so many other things that I just let go. Like, I just, I don't need to argue about that. You got that, babe, you know, yes. um, it's really changed the dynamic of our marriage in a way that it's made, it, like I said, it's given me more freedom to really be bold about the things that are necessary to be bold about and to be gracious about the things that I don't need to be. Um, yes. Wow. So. Oh, that's good. That's some good stuff. So if you don't mind, if you could please share your story with the audience. Well, so, um, Eight years into my second marriage, my husband and I were at a point where we would go weeks and weeks without talking. Um, when we did talk, it was full of bitterness and nastiness. Our marriage was a roller coaster for years. And um, because I had two children with an ex-husband and then we had three mutual children, there was always a division. We always felt like a two separate families. Um, and it was very, very stressful. And he finally wrote me a five page letter that I woke up to one morning. He took our three kids and left and he left me with this letter that said, basically, you're a terrible wife. This is all the things you've done to ruin our marriage. And I'm highly considering taking our three kids and leaving you. And um, I wasn't brokenhearted. I responded with my own typed letter. And it was basically like, uh, bring it, pal. I'll have all five kids gone on the East Coast before you know what happened to you. And it was, it was awful. So at that point, I was certain I was headed for a second divorce and, um, in a latch ditch attempt to save myself. I, I knew my marriage was over. At least, you know, I thought in my head it was. I went to our pastor and I basically said, I need someone to hold my hand. I've been divorced before. I know how hard this is. I'm not going to get through this without help. And so he put me in touch with um, the female biblical counselor at our church who I knew we were friendly. And she started meeting with me and basically said, you're right, Allison, I can't fix your marriage. There is nothing I can do but point you to Jesus. And we're just going to give it to him and see what he's going to do with you. And, um, you know, my husband, he was supposed to be meeting with um, with men, but, you know, he really wasn't. But it was very much the idea that it was me being transformed by the Lord. 
And week after week, I would cry and I would tell her all the horrible things that he was saying and doing. And she would very gently bring me back to the Bible over and over and over again. And um, she brought me to Romans 5, 3 through 5, which is, um, you know, we can rejoice in our suffering because suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And we took that first step. The suffering of your marriage is going to produce an endurance in you to tolerate your husband with love in a Christ-like manner. And you're going to form the character of Christ in that. And then once you have that character of Christ, you're going to have hope, hope for redemption. And I'll be darned if that's not exactly how it happened. Um, and as I, as I transformed, the Lord started doing a work on my husband separately from me. And um, six months, would to me now, I look back and I think it's a blink of an eye that in six months, our marriage was already on the road to healing. And a year later, it had never been stronger. Um, And here we are, we're, yeah, we're about to celebrate 11 years and I can't imagine life without him. Um, He is so thoughtful and kind and gracious. And um, I constantly think of him as the better spouse. (laughs) And he, you know, he thinks the same of me. He thinks that I'm the one that's constantly sacrificing and doing. And we both see ourselves as being the one who's more blessed by the other. And um, to think that, you know, on our eighth anniversary, that was it. We were done. We were ready to call quits. I just, it's amazing to me the power of what the Holy Spirit can do to change people. Um, and our yes. whole family dynamic is completely different now. Yeah, yeah, tell me about it as far as, like you said, the power of the Holy Spirit, because only He can do that. You know, sometimes yeah. we, gotta, we attempt to be the Holy Spirit for other people, but we can't. You know, we can be the hands and feet of Jesus and serve them, but we can't be the Holy Spirit and do the convicting. Exactly. And that's. That was what my counselor said to me from the very first day. I can't change your marriage, but Jesus can. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated her honesty and I made me trust her more. Yes. Amen. So how do you think, if you have to think about it, in your podcasting work, how healed, both healed and unhealed brokenness would affect you as a podcaster, just, you know, podcasters in general? I think that as a podcaster, you have two, uh, two directions. If you have healed from brokenness, you can share what the Lord has done and help others heal. If you haven't healed, you run the risk of leading people astray. And, um, you know, and it's, I think there's a very heavy weight, a very heavy responsibility on somebody who takes on a blog or a podcast, particularly as a Christian, to make sure that we're pointing people in the right direction. And yes. so, um, but I think the beauty of being um, healed from brokenness and being able to share that journey with people, um, it'll get them through when they, when they don't have a pastor and a counselor that they can run to like I did. Yes, that is so true. Yes, it's not like, like you said, being able to walk people through and, you know, and I've listened to so many podcasts myself where it's just like, oh, wow. You know, and then you have a come to Jesus moment about something that uh, you didn't realize that was there in your heart, you know, or you didn't realize that was a pattern of behavior or maybe God had spoken to me about something and then me hearing it on the podcast, like confirmed it, you know, then you talking just excuse me, someone else and then they mention the same thing and you're like, okay, God, I get it. This is what you want me to work on, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. I totally that has happened to me as well. I agree. Isn't it something how the Holy Spirit works? 
Yeah, I need, it's like I'm just gonna keep hitting you over the head with this until just you keep hear me. You over the head with it until you see this. You know, is what I want you to get down and, and get it down in your heart. You know, so when you think of brokenness, what does that word mean to you? Oh, depression, um, mm. destroyed relationship, bitterness, hatred. Um, I think that people who are broken and don't heal or don't try to seek healing, um, they just, it, they rot away, their soul rots away, and they become a victim of all circumstances. You know, and um, I think that's a danger that happens to um, young people, to teenagers, when something horrible happens to them and they're broken and they're not mature enough to know how to get the resources they need to heal, they yes. become adults who um, they just they're bitter about everything and the victim mentality has taken over and it's just sad it's just so sad it is very sad but you're right though like you said it usually you know when I think about uh, my own you know that I have to travel through you know it usually like you said starts when you're a teenager you know in an adolescent stage and um like you say, you become angry and bitter and then, you you know, you don't have emotion skills to really know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so um, what I've seen play out over the years with myself and then once the Lord gave me enough self, you know, part of self-awareness and emotion skills is also being able to discern other things with other people. You know, so after I had worked on certain things enough for myself, then it's like the Lord opened my eyes to other things with other people, you know, and I'm not seeing how they were uh, getting caught up into certain patterns of behavior. And he allowed me to see like with my own brokenness, as well as with other people's brokenness, how like the relationships that they ended up getting themselves in it was almost like the perfect storm, if you know what I mean. You know, mm-hmm. like we're broken in certain areas, then there's certain people. You know, like when you listen to different people's testimonies, the type of people that they get caught up with, it's like that brokenness fits just with the puzzle piece of theirs. And every yeah. broken area in one person exploits every broken area in the other one. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And they just play off each other and, yes. and it gets worse and worse. Yeah. yeah, it gets worse and worse. The brokenness, like you said, it plays off each other. The trauma bounces back and forth. And uh, then it becomes a, what my therapist calls a toxic dance. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's a really good term. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but like I said, when the Lord, you know, opened my eyes to seeing that with myself, it's like, you know, once like Paul, the scales fell off and then you see it with other people, you know, it's like your heart goes out to that because you realize like they're blind and they don't even realize what's going on. But because of this particular brokenness, that's why they keep getting me and women who are in this particular type of brokenness. It's fitting that. You know what I mean? Oh, completely. I am actually, um, I'm mentoring a young woman right now and she is me 
you know, 15 years ago, she's yes. in a marriage and she is struggling and she's telling me all these things that he's doing. And I'm asking, well, what about you? What's your response? What are you thinking? What are you? And I just want her to get to the other side. I just want to be like, oh my gosh, you just need to, oh, if we could just get you over this hump of your own selfishness and your own self-obsessed, self-focused reality you would have, you'd be amazed at what God would do in your marriage and in your husband's heart, but you're blocking it because you're so controlling. And, but I can't, I can't make her see that any more than my counselor could make it see it in me. You know, I just, all I can do is point her back to the Bible. Over exactly. And over. exactly. Yeah. And I never forget too, there was, um, there's a friend of mine that uh, I met her uh, in mom's ministry, maybe a good, maybe, it might have been six years ago. Time goes by fast. It might have been even longer than that. It probably was longer than that. And I'm thinking about it. But I never forget her telling me that when it comes to her mom is a psychologist, I think she said, you know, when it comes, she said her mother told her, never forget when you're in a relationship, especially when you talk about like, you know, a dating relationship or a marriage, that type of thing, either she said, once one person decides to change, her mother told her, either the other person is going to come along or they're going to leave. Like, it's like a law of something that she called it. But one of two things has to happen. Yeah. You know? And I saw that play out, unfortunately. You know, mine ended in divorce, but I saw exactly what she meant. Either the other person is going to come along because the one is growing and the one is out of that dance or the one is the other one is going to say, like, no, this is not where the direction I want to go and go. Really? And that was that was one of the big things that, again, my counselor brought me through was that idea that God is calling me to be um, a a godly woman, a woman that um, submits to his authority. And if my husband never gets any better. God can help me endure that. And if my husband walked away from the marriage still, as he stated he was going to in that letter, then the Lord would give me endurance to to handle that as well. But my call was to change regardless if my husband ever did. Mm-hmm. Because that's what, that's what being a Christian is. That's what sanctification yes. is. Yes. Yeah. Us getting into that level of maturity in Christ. And I know even myself, uh, even before... My ex-husband had brought on, you know, the fact that he was thinking about leaving the marriage, you know, like years before that. And it was like there were certain things that he was doing. And for a while, I was blocked because I was so caught up into what he was doing. And it's like I couldn't see what I could do outside of that. You know, our behaviors as individuals should not be dependent on what somebody is or is not doing. Exactly. I yep. didn't it at first. No, you me neither. What I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Because a lot of times we feel like we're powerless, but in a lot of those situations, we're really not. No, we always have a choice, even if that choice is to simply endure. Yes. We always yes. have a choice. Even if that's God the choice God endure. gives us, we have a choice. Yes. But instead, you know, Satan will keep our minds in. If you just focus on what that other person is doing, if you just keep blaming them everything, you know, instead of saying like, okay, that person, if they want to do whatever, let them do it. But this is what God has called me to do. I need to get my own self together, you know, but that's the way Satan helping us so we don't grow. So there's no maturity. 
and we just keep going in the same pattern, you know? But the dance can't, you know, you can't keep dancing, having a toxic dance without, you know, if, if it's people. one person, a toxic yeah. dance involves two people. Exactly. You know? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's just amazing how it happens. Why do you think that people stay in their broken state for so long? Uh, because being angry is easier. Being unforgiving is easier. Um, and I know that because I did it for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and even even in my reactions to my children, overreacting um, rather than being patient is just easier. And you know, it feels good. Screaming at the top of my lungs when I'm upset about something feels better than holding it in and acting mature and handling the situation calmly. Um, and I, so I think it's a lack of self-control. And so I think people stay in it just because... Um, they don't want to change. Change requires them to get out of their comfort zone. And even though they might hate where they're at, they might be miserable. Um, that the uh, there's a saying, and I'm going to botch it, but there's a saying about how change doesn't happen until staying where you are becomes worse than the pain of changing. Yeah, There's something you know what I mean. And I know and exactly so, what you mean. I just mentioned that recently a few months ago to someone. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, we won't change until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain that's yeah. growing and changing. Mm-hmm. And that's when when I finally went to my pastor and I told him I was like about to get divorced and I needed someone to hold my hand. I was ripe for change because at that point I knew the pain of divorce was going to be harder than the pain of the crappy marriage because I had already been through the pain of divorce and I knew how bad it was. Yes. And that pain of divorce pending was what motivated me to go get help. Yes. Um, and so that's when you just thought of that pain again, reliving that pain. <laughs> yes. Yes. Amen. Yeah, that was enough when you said I'm done with a capital D, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Capital D-O-N-E, all the way. <laughs> capital D, I'm done with this. I, I need to go and see what I can do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what do you yeah. think happens if um, a person just decides I'm not going to deal with this area of unhealed brokenness? I think they spiral and I think they take other people down with them and it's, it's selfish. Um, and I know that it, it's, it sounds, this is why I have to be a podcaster and not write things because it sounds harsh being like you're living in your pain because you're selfish. You write that down. And someone's like, Oh, but when you say it, I say it because I know I've been there. Um, and so I know that being, it, it was just more selfish for me to just be bitter and unforgiving and harsh with my husband than to be loving and patient and forgiving and gracious and God forbid, submit to the man. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's, if you don't, if you refuse to heal, you spiral and you take others down with you. And I would have taken my, my children down with me. I would have taken my older two down for a second time. Um, and I would have taken the younger three down. Mm. isn't that the truth though like you say when we spiral and a lot of times you know how we hear uh, people say well it's just my sin it's my business but our choices (laughs) are not just our own sin (laughs) it's our sin but then that choice that we made to keep that sin going 
causes a domino effect and everybody else is suffering the consequences of our sin, you know? Oh, yes. I actually, I wrote a post called The Ripple Effect of Divorce. And I Mm. talked about a decision that me and my first husband made in that moment. And at the time, our kids were only three and one. Okay. We didn't really think it would matter, right? Well, here we are now. They're 16 and 14. You know, and so they're very much affected living in two different um, homes. And then the other three kids who cry when their big brother and big sister leave. They don't understand why they don't live here all the time. You know, right? my little kids who had nothing to do with my first marriage are affected by that sin that I committed, you know, what? You know, and I know I'm forgiven for it. But um, that sin, that anger 15 years later is affecting my five-year-old who cries because his big brother isn't here, you know, to wrestle with him every day. Right. Yeah, the division of the households, everything being split. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so how do you think community plays a part in uh, helping other people with their brokenness? Um, the the verse that I like to reference is Ecclesiastes 4.12, which is a cord of three strands is not easily broken. We are stronger when we are in a group. Um, community, it holds us up. And, you know, that was when I had that pastor who then took me to the biblical counselor. That was my community. And if I hadn't had them, I would have ended up divorced. Um, and, and now I feel that the, the Lord has said to me, okay, Allison, I want you to do that on a different scale where my counselor is doing it within our church community. He wants me to do it um, online. You know, he wants me to do it in a very different way than she does it. And that's because he gave her a different gift than he gave me. But the outcome can be the same. Uh, It's just Ah. different methods we're going to do it. So my community now that I'm helping is Mm -hmm. my Instagram community. Good. Um, Yeah. Wow. So you got your Instagram community. That is really something. Um, and then, so the other question I wanted to ask you uh, with community, and I know we didn't, I, I didn't even send you this question, but I'm interested in hearing how you think community can actually harm when it comes. Uh, that's an easy one to answer. I don't need prep for that. I think community, community can also produce comparison. And there's a lot of, um, and, and I know I experienced this. Well, my marriage might not be good, but it's not as bad as hers. Or, you know, I might be a crappy mom, but man, at least my kids don't act like her kids act. Um, and we get that in a community, the opportunity to compare yourself. Um, I tended to be extremely prideful. I constantly saw myself as better than. I'm not perfect, but I'm better than. But there are certainly women who go the opposite. You know, I'm, I might be okay, but I'll never be as good as her. And right. so that, um, an unhealthy community that goes unchecked will allow women in particular whose thoughts will destroy them if they're not um, taken captive. Oh, my word. Yes. Yes. So a toxic community, along with your toxic dance, a toxic community can, <laughs> can destroy a woman so fast. Isn't that the truth? And before you know it, like you said, because it starts with those thoughts in our head. And like you said, when we don't take them captive, we just hop on the thought train. You know, instead oh. of and this is from Satan himself having me to think what I'm better than so-and-so because 
I'm three thousand dollars in debt, but they're thirty thousand dollars in debt. You know, right. they're right. caught up in this sin, but my kids are only sinning in this way. It's all sin. Yes, that transformed our brains into thinking. You know, oh well, you know, but they're different because it's not. It's a different level. Mm-hmm. So we feel better than. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, we can feel uh, better than that type of thing with community. And like you said, with women, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen with men, but with women, sometimes we can just get so, um, you know, catty and it can get gossipy. And then it's oh, a yeah. name of prayer, praying for someone, you know. Well, let's pray for this because, you know, this pop, you know, blah, 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 her husband left her. You know, or he's doing this on his wife, you know, or she's doing this on her husband, you know, and it's more like it's gossip than really praying for the person, you know. Oh, completely. And, and Christians do have a way. It's just always like a prayer thing or, well, you know, so-and-so, such-and-such, you know, but we have a way of like putting extra sweet grace on it when we see it, when it's, it's still gossip. We make it that it's holy gossip. It's, it's holy, holy gossip. gossip. Exactly. Holy gossip. And I know that they would love it if somebody else is praying for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know it's what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh my word, yes. <laughs> what do you think is required for anyone to become a good podcaster? Um, I if you know nothing, I would hundred percent say hire a coach. Um if you're starting from scratch like I was. Um now, in general, qualities that I think for me that I, what I like about other podcasters, mm-hmm. somebody who's animated, I don't want to listen to somebody who's just droning on. Um, so even if there's a topic, I, I'm not a history buff, but there is a podcaster okay. who does this thing about, you know, all the things about history that you didn't learn in history class. Well, the only reason I want to listen to it is because of how animated and excited the person who's teaching the podcast is about history. It makes me excited to listen to it. So I think um, tone of voice and um, engagement, that makes a big difference in in a podcaster's success. If if you're just, no matter how important your message is, if you put me to sleep, I ain't listening. I know what you mean. <laughs> Sometimes, and it's not even that the material is not good. Some people might have a monotone voice or like you said, a voice that will put you to sleep. And it's not even that the material is not good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I just, that's, that's it for me, I think, is the, the key to, um, to getting started as an excellent podcaster would be to hire a coach if you know nothing. And then on the okay. other hand, making sure that you are just an animated speaker who engages somebody because they're just listening to you. You got to get their attention. Yes, you got to have some type of way to get their attention. Now, uh, if, as far as advice on even with your genre slash category of podcasting, what would you say for that person if they wanted to go into your genre? Um, I think that relatability is huge. Um, my, my target audience are stress moms who want to have a closer relationship with the Lord, but they're busy. They don't have time to fit time with God into their schedule, or they don't think they need to, or their prayer life is, you know, just, Lord, I can't take it anymore. And rather than actually like engaging with God in prayer. And I think that the best way that I engage with my audience is by letting them know that I've been there. I've walked where they've walked. And I know what's on the other side of that mountain. I want them to join me. And here's how you can get there. Here's, it's work. It takes work. 
But here's the work you got to do. And I think that anybody trying to get into speaking to women, particularly mom, um, they need to be able to relate to you. Otherwise, you're not. It's kind of like that idea that a pastor can't speak to a wife or a mom the same way a wife or a mom can. And as a divorced woman, you know, you and I can speak to women who are struggling in a marriage because we know what it's like to go through a failed marriage. Yes, we do. Women will listen to us more so than they're going to listen to the wife whose husband and her have have not battled the way that we have. That is true. Relatability in whatever genre you're getting into, you you have to have walked the walk so that people will hear you. That is so true. And, you know, you're making me think about a conversation I had with someone and they specifically said that they specifically was not going to contact other people who wanted to tell them the basics because their situation was not a basic situation. It was similar to a situation I had where you saw like, no, this is not a normal situation, so to speak, you know? Yeah, this is extremely uh, broken in some areas that's like uh, a normal broken marriage wouldn't, (laughs) it isn't totally different from that. And the person was like, you know, I don't want to hear, you know, people saying, well, just do this. And if you just submit, she said, this is not what's going on here. This is past right. point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what yeah. do you do? I need someone that has gone through that and can give me advice because they already understand what I'm going through. Yeah. You know? And so, like you said, if people can't relate, then that's a barrier, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Because I think of uh, one of the reasons I don't feel that I have my my counselor was trying to encourage me to get into counseling. And I kind of chuckled and I was like, I just can't do it because I don't have compassion for the woman that's walked something I haven't walked. I don't. That's just not a gift that the Lord has given me. Um, I can talk to a woman who's been through abuse, but I've never been abused. So I don't feel that I have the compassion needed. But I have absolutely been through, um, uh, you know, my ex-husband had affairs. Huh, I can walk with a woman who feels betrayed right. because of the marriage. You know, it's just that's it's just where I am. And so um, bless her heart. She's gifted in many ways that I am just not. But mm, Wow. Wow. See how the Lord has worked in our conversations. We had stuff we weren't even... <laughs> Streets we weren't even gonna drive down, but (laughs) down the hole. Let me see what's down here. (laughs) So, what are some of the things that you are covering uh, for your current uh, podcasting products projects that's coming up pretty soon? Um, Well, like I mentioned, so um, in the month of February, it's all about relationships. So, I did uh, what is a real relationship with God. Um, this week was um, being biblically submissive to a, to your husband and what does that really look like? Um, and then next week, I'm talking about raising children that are nothing like you, that make you want to pull your hair out. <laughs> and then uh, the last week of February, I'll be discussing uh, broken friendships and how do you repair those relationships and which ones should you just walk away from because they're not meant to be repaired. Uh, so that's the month of February. And then moving into March, I'm going to be talking a lot about um, craving control, um, what kind of fears living, um, letting fear drive us rather than letting faith drive us. Um, so that's what's coming a little bit later. Okay. Those are some, oh, 
Those are some really good topics. Yeah. Even as I was thinking about, you know, you said about fear driving us because I've been down that way before. You know, we make decisions out of fear. Those are not necessarily good decisions. You know, rarely, rarely are they good decisions. Yeah, they good decisions. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know exactly <laughs> what you mean with that. But those are some good, really, really good topics. So my last question I have for you before we get to the fun stuff is, what does the word home mean to you? Uh, for me, <clears throat> sorry. Home that means safety. Um, it's mm-hmm. ideally that, you know, those four walls that you live in, but it might not necessarily be. Home could be um, a group of people that you spend time with. Home could be um, just an environment. Some people feel more at home in the wilderness rather than in an office building. And that's why they have different careers. I think home is that place where you just, you feel safe. You feel love. You feel at peace. Um, and you feel like you can just let your guard down and you don't have to constantly be checking your back to make sure, you know, that something's not going to get you. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. So now we're on to the fun questions. Okay. Okay. Our listeners would love to hear about you. If you can name some books that you are currently reading. Oh, I read a lot. I love books. So I'll tell you the, the, Two most recent and the one I'm currently in. Standing Strong by Allie Worthington is okay. incredible. Um, yeah. Jesus Over Everything by Lisa Whittle. Um, I go through that one with a friend of mine. We read a chapter a week and then we talk on the phone for an hour and we go through the chapter, which is a really great way to, to be in community with somebody who's not close by. That's true. Yeah, it's it's great. It's, we started doing it about a year and a half ago. We would pick a book and read it together one chapter a week. It's been amazing. Um, and then the one I'm in right now is Atomic Habit um, by Cleary. I forget it's for James Cleary. Oh my word. It's mind blowing. Um, it's just absolutely phenomenal. And I'm only about halfway through it, but I'm already seeing he talks a lot about building your habits based on your identity rather than on setting a goal for a particular outcome. Okay. And it's I, it's, you know, it's nothing like standing strong as Jesus over everything, which were, you know, uh, biblically paced Christian women books. This one is totally not, um, but it's just a really great, it's a really great book. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then now we're moving on to podcasts. If you could name some of your favorites. Um, I love the Christy Wright show. She okay. is my spirit animal. Ah, <laughs> Christy Wright. Yeah. So, yeah, they tell you, you know, in, in one of the 8 billion business classes I've taken that you should find somebody who's already doing what you want to do and then watch how they do it. Okay. Chris, Christy Wright does what I want to do. And so um, I just think that she's fantastic. I love her podcast. I love her personality. Um, some of the other ones that I listen to are Friends of a Feather uh, with Red Robin and um, Expedition Marriage with Chris and Jamie Bailey. They are the cutest couple. They are marriage counselors. And I engage with them a lot because I like to tease them about some of their marriage advice um, because it's it's just so cheeky, um, but it's so true. But they present <laughs> it in a really fun way. Yeah, I love it. They're fantastic. Wow. Okay, and then now <laughs> moving on to the self care and wellness. How does what does your morning routine look like? 
Um, it looks very different than it used to. So like I mentioned earlier, I have five kids. The old, the youngest is now five. So just in this last year, my routine has become uh, blissful. Honestly, I get up at around 620. Okay. I get my coffee. I get my Bible and I have a good 40 minutes to read before the children get up. Um, which is, you know, it's not something that a lot of people think is really a big deal. But when you've been raising babies for 15 years, having 40 minutes to yourself before anyone else gets up is magic. Yeah. Um, and then I get, when I get the kids off to school, um, my five-year-old and I come home and I immediately do my workout because I, um, I've always been athletic, that it's just something that I have, I crave it. So I get my workout done first thing in the morning and then I sit down and the rest of the day is mixing business and getting housework done. And it's a constant, I have my earbuds in and I'm constantly listening to a podcast uh, while I'm doing the laundry or I'm sending an email while I'm also making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know, it's a little bit of everything all mixed up. It's probably not the best pattern. I should probably set specific hours for things. You know, I still have one at home. You got to be flexible. I know what you mean. Yes. When you have one at home, you definitely, it definitely requires flexibility. Yes. Especially, yeah. you know, when they're little, you know what I mean? Yep. So I understand that totally. How about some songs on your playlist? Um, I am a huge fan of Dave Crowder. Shouting Grounds is, um, we, we play that song on the way to school. Um, this is going to sound funny, but KB, not today, Satan is another one of our absolute favorites. (laughs) That's right. Um, I love Mercy Me. I love Matt Marr. I love Casting Crowns. Yeah. Um, My husband, he is really into um, Christian hard rock and Christian hip hop, which has brought me into those realms that I probably never would have gotten into. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's he's exposed us to some music. I I didn't even know those things existed until my husband. (laughs) Isn't that something? Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of variety out there. That's for sure. Yes, mm-hmm. a lot of variety. I like the new song by, um, I want to say it's Matthew West, Truth Be Told. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I hear that and I'm in the car and I like crank it up. Because <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? Someone, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I feel that way when I listen to a lot of Mercy Me songs. I got to see them in concert and I got to hear the stories behind the songs that they, they wrote. Yes. And now when I listen to those songs and I hear the lyrics and I attach them to the story, oh my gosh, it'll, my heart wants to break when I think of his son with diabetes and I think of, you know, I'm him being abused as a teenager and just, oh my gosh, your heart just so good. Yes. Amen. Amen. What do you do to fill up your soul? Um, I do a lot of reading. Um, that's kind of my thing. Um, I like to get in my tub with a book and I highlight and that's where I fill up. Yes. <laughs> Literally fill up the tub, fill up my soul with a book. Well, and, and my husband will bring me coffee and I can fill up on coffee at the same time. It's like a trifecta of amazing. <laughs> I know myself. And sometimes it's just the simple little things because I love just being piled up. Like I like having all my pillows around me and me propped up and sitting up in bed and having like books all around me and reading with some R&B music going on. That like yeah. totally fills up my soul. If I do that for a couple of hours, 
I get up and I'm feeling so good. <laughs> yeah, because you've, you've rested. That's your rest. You need that, you know, and that's yes. something that women don't do enough, especially when we have kids and we feel like we're constantly meeting the needs of others. That is something that I have definitely learned. I have got to schedule rest time in for myself. And praise the Lord, my husband sees it too. Well, he was the one last night. He was I I lost my temper with my child as she was mm-hmm. not setting the table. And he looked at me as I'm putting food on the table. He goes, mm, you need a bath tonight. You just you just finish your dinner and head straight to that tub. And I was like, Yes. <laughs> I'm out. I'm not arguing. He knows. He knows when mama needs a bath. Right on there, huh? <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. He said, just say it right on in there, huh? Oh, wow. But you know what? That's so true because do you notice how when you don't go ahead and give yourself that time, like you said, you know, you might end up getting short-tempered or irritated or something that would normally not irritate you. Yeah, you know, and then also, um, even if it, it'll catch up with you that day, but the very next day after you didn't get your rest time in, you're just like, man, I feel like I've been ran, run over by a train. Yep, completely. completely. You know what I mean? That exhaustion will set in, and it doesn't feel good. That's for sure. <laughs> no, does not. What is the last television show that you got hooked on? Um, so I don't, I'm sure, you know, fixer upper Chip and Joanna. Yes. There is, there is a new one called fixer to fabulous with a different couple. And I just, you know, with Chip and Joanna not being on HGTV go anymore, I can't watch them, but this new show fixer to fabulous is like a kind of a spinoff. I love them. I think they're hysterical and adorable. That's what I binge when I'm. Oh, I have to look that up because I have not heard of them. Yep. Yeah, it's super. And at first, I'll be honest, I didn't like them because I'm like, oh, they're just trying to be Chip and Joanna. They they have a farm. It's just mm-hmm. just like Chip, but they are their own personalities. They're super cute. So I've really oh my word, yeah, I'm gonna have to look that one up. And for some reason, I like I love those shows too, like the farmhouse style. You know, yeah. I like that myself. You know, as far as like decorating, I like farmhouse and that type of thing. So yeah, I would definitely uh, want to look that up. Yeah. If you have to think of one thing that you want to, uh, people to know about with you, what would it be? Um, that I'm not perfect. I spent years and years trying to convince everybody that I was, including myself. Um, and I that fed my own pride. <clears throat> um, and I know, bless my parents' heart, you know, they look back and think, well, what did we do? We didn't, did we make you this way? I'm like, no, you didn't make me prideful. That's my sin. Like, you know, I just got an extra dose of that somehow. Um, but I feel like trying to help women who are prideful, trying to help women who feel like if I don't appear to be perfect, I don't have worth um, that, gosh, being imperfect is just so much easier um, and it's, you know, like you were saying earlier, it's not that we just say, well, I'm just sinful and it's just okay. On the contrary, I feel like acknowledging how imperfect I am helps me fight my sin better because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to hide it. Yes. And, and as we know, one sin, when you hide it, leads to another sin, which you hide that leads to another sin. And I did that for years. And um, there's just beauty in imperfection. It is. It is. Yeah, amen. Like you said, there's definitely beauty in it because, you know, Satan will want us to keep on with that sin because that's one of my struggles. I consider myself as a recovering uh, perfectionist. And so I know about all of that, you know, um, 
what's involved in that sin and then you know and sin slash brokenness and how Satan can use it you know what I mean there's so many different things um involved in that perfectionism mm-hmm. money was not an issue what would you do to help us money were no object I would absolutely go on um speaking tours um you know obviously that would have to be the holy spirit would have to orchestrate that for me to be asked to go on a speaking tour but if that were something that i could do that i had both time and money i would love to just speak to women all over the country ah okay wow 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 oh wow you know what this has just been uh, a huge blessing for me to sit down and get a chance to chit chat with you, you know, first of all, for us to see each other's faces, you know, like we talked about is typing is one thing, but to see each other, you know, faces. And then also just to see how uh, the Holy Spirit was involved in the conversation, you know, and just to, you know, kind of catch up and just see what other sisters in Christ are doing out there. And, you know, cause we got some women doing amazing things out there for God. Agreed. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for you allow me to come into your space and be able to, you know, uh, collaborate with this, with you on this. This is just awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Allison. And I'm not going to hold you any longer. Uh, have a blessed rest of your day. And um, thanks for coming on and giving the listeners some encouragement and some Holy Spirit power conversation. I want to thank you for listening to episode 93 of the Healing Our Brokenness podcast, an interview with Allison Simmons. Man, she was fantastic, wasn't she? Oh my goodness, as far as the uh, wisdom that she had with community and friendships and divorce and marriage and just a very kindred spirit and uh, a very authentic spirit. And I just want to thank you guys as my uh, listening audience for coming in and tuning in every single week. There's a lot of things you could be doing with your time, and I'm just very thankful and grateful that you are spending your time with the Healing Our Brokenness podcast. And if you're one of the ones that's making a difference in your life, if you could please give a shout out to us, send your friend an email, a text, a phone call, uh, tag us on social media and let them know they can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. You can go to castos.com. You just look up the Healing Our Brokenness podcast, Katina Horton. And until next week.